So I'm helping this member set up their Apple Watch, and out of the corner of my eye, I see Chet digging in his pants pocket. He pulls out a Samsung. Oh, my God. Oh, are we live? Sorry, Chet. And now, join Chet and Gary with Apple Products, The Senior Angle. Good morning, Chet, and how are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. Well, what are we going to talk about today, Chet? What's, the, uh, what's on the menu? Well, uh, I, I heard uh, something uh, kind of interesting about uh, some new chips. You uh, won chips, in you fact. You won, okay. <laughs> not chocolate. No, not oh, chocolate. Okay. Uh, not chocolate, but uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. You won. Does that mean that I won something? Very, very could well. You know, very well could be. <laughs> could be. <laughs> you never know. Okay, anyway, the uh, uh, U1 chip is a chip that Apple started putting into their iPhones about the iPhone 11 time frame. And it's uh, kind of an interesting thing that's going on. And the U1 chip is tied in to something called ultra-wideband. And this is a special set of frequencies that have been set aside for devices to use when they are close together for the primary purpose of determining their orientation. And the new AirTags that Apple came out with here a year or so ago are one of the first things that we've seen that uses this. <clears throat> you can go into the AirTag or into the Find My application and get an arrow pointing to you to, or pointing to where an AirTag is in relation to you and how many feet away it is. And it's taking advantage of this ultra-wideband. And then you, you look at this and you say, well, is that all I can do with this? Is there more that I can do with this? And, and the answer is <clears throat> there's a whole lot you can do with it. Um, when I started to do some research into this, I found that actually ultra-wideband has been around for a while and that uh, some of the television people use it uh, during sports events so that their cameras can track particular players. And one of the examples was that the shoulder pads of football players had uh, chips for ultra-wideband in their shoulder pads so the cameras could follow the player as the player moved around on the field. And even the football itself had a chip in it that allowed the cameras to follow the football. So you always thought there was a cameraman out there doing that, but apparently it's not always a cameraman. But anyway, what, what is it that Apple's doing with this, and, and how in the world does this thing work? And if you think about it, there are basically three kinds of radio communications that are going on from your iPhone. One of them is Bluetooth. Uh, Bluetooth is designed for devices to talk to each other, uh, relatively close proximity, about a 30-foot range maximum on Bluetooth, and more realistically, probably under 20 feet, uh, especially if it has to go through walls. And uh, to, to kind of get an idea of what that is, uh, think about a residential two-lane road with a relatively slow speed limit on it. And that's kind of what Bluetooth is. It's designed for a low volume of traffic, not terribly fast, uh, usually for things like headphones and so forth. 
And then you got Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, you could think about Wi-Fi as being a four-lane highway with a higher speed limit designed to carry larger volume of data back and forth. And then you get this ultra-wideband, and they call it ultra-wideband because it is very wide in the frequency range that it uses and uses a very different philosophy and how the radio actually works, and I'm not going to try to go into it because nobody would understand it anyway. <laughs> um, but think about that as a 10-lane superhighway that can handle a great deal of traffic very, very fast, but it's very short in length. So it's the Autobahn. It's the Autobahn, but it's very short in length, um, where Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are designed to work over considerable distances. Uh, the ultra-wideband is a very low-power system. It's designed to work in close proximity. So what do I mean by close proximity? Well, some of the new cars are actually now allowing an app on your smartphone, whether it's an Android smartphone or an iPhone, to unlock the car doors and start the ignition of the car when you walk up to the car. They're using ultra-wideband. That's how that's actually working. And the car can actually detect which side you walked up to, so it knows whether you walked up to the driver's door or the passenger door, can then lock the appropriate door for you. If you walked up to the driver's side when you get into the car and slip into the driver's seat, it can start the ignition for you. Uh, and things like that. In fact, one of the examples that uh, one of the reviewers talked about, he says, well, maybe you got one of these new uh, electric bikes, e-bikes that are out here, and he says, as you get on, climb onto your e-bike, it automatically turns the bike on. And again, it's very close proximity, but it knows where you are. Well, Apple's decided to do a whole lot more with their U1 chip. So the U1 chip is actually the implementation in, on Apple's part for ultra-wideband. Uh, some of the things that you can do here uh, is that you can use it in conjunction with AirPods, the uh, speakers, basically, or headphones that Apple has come up with, and that tells the headphones their orientation to the iPhone. So you're listening to music on your iPhone, and you get the illusion that the sound is directly in front of you, then you turn your head, the sound doesn't stay in front of you as you turn your head. All of a sudden the sound is coming from the side, just like it would be if you were in a theater. And that's because using this ultra-wideband in the U1 chip, it's able to determine the orientation between you and the, the other objects, and so it knows you turned your head. Uh, and this is where life really starts to get interesting as this happens. Uh, one of the demonstrations that I saw was tying in uh, with the idea of augmented reality. And augmented reality is where your camera is involved and you're looking at a real scene through your camera and things appear in the scene that are being put there by the computer. And the example was that you had lost something and you were trying to find it and you were at a campsite out in the middle of nowhere. So as the person spun around with their camera, holding their camera up and looking at the campsite, you saw their tent and you saw their fire, the, the fireplace, and you saw a stack of wood. And what they were looking for was some keys. And as they spun this around and they pointed the camera toward the stack of wood, the little picture of the keys popped up on top of the stack of wood saying, your keys are in the stack of wood. Right, I saw that. <laughs> and so... That, that's the kind of thing that we're now talking about being able to do. 
Now if we take it a little bit farther, there are some other areas. One of them is airports. And people getting into an airport they're not familiar with and trying to find their gate. And all of a sudden you are taking advantage of this ultra-wideband. And again, the, the U1 chip is Apple's way of taking advantage of ultra-wideband. Uh, you get directions on your phone that tells you how to get to the gate. Comes in handy. Comes in handy. Supermarkets, and you say, well, I don't know where butter is. Where's butter in the supermarket? And all of a sudden, your phone has an arrow. It says, you want to go to your right 10 feet, and there's the butter. <laughs> Be nice to have in Atlanta or L.A. at the airports there. Huh? <laughs> That's right, yeah, those kind of things. Uh, museums are starting to take advantage of this technology. As you walk through the museum, it guides you. You stop in front of a painting. It knows what painting you're standing in front of and describes that painting to you. You turn your back on the painting, it knows you turned your back on it. <laughs> when you're speaking of the retail, too, I also saw where it's going to be in the future. It's possible that uh, it'd be built in where if you want to just, Apple Pay will just pop up on your screen when you point it at an object. That's a very, uh, very real potential that uh, you'll be standing there in front of something. In fact, we might even get to the point where as I take something off the shelf, it just automatically puts it in uh, my account uh, and uh, pays for it. Uh, it's getting really interesting. But the idea of hands-free with your car, and especially with the new electric cars, and being able to unlock those and control those to a large extent. And there's not a security issue around these because this is a very short-range system. This is a system that only is going to work over maybe 10 feet at the most. So that this isn't something that you have to worry about somebody sitting two blocks away and stealing your car using it. It doesn't work that far. Um, so we've got those kind of things going on. Well, so it's, it's better range, it's more accurate, and it's faster. And it's faster. And the, uh, the other side of this is, because of the speed that's involved, Apple is actually taking advantage of this for airdrop. So if you go in and you do airdrop, you can airdrop to somebody, and it's very, very fast. I don't know if anybody uh, listening has is, is airdropped a photograph, but photographs are very fast in airdrop, and that's because this is a very wide, it's not a long distance, but it's a very wide, very fast system. And one of the interesting things that Apple has done with this is that if you're in a room full of people and you want to airdrop to a specific person in the room, you can just point the phone at that person, and they're the one that show up as the potential recipients of airdrop, not everybody in the room. So uh, Apple is taking advantage of this and recognizing the orientation to where these people are as being something. That would be uh, very beneficial in WWDC where everybody would come up on your airdrops. That, that's right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what you're looking at is the uh, air tags that Apple came up with uh, a year ago. Uh, finding the air tags, you can get close to them uh, with some general directions, and then you'll actually have a screen pop up with an arrow and telling you how many feet away with an arrow to, uh, pointing right to them. And that's taking advantage of the U1 chip. Um, as I, I mentioned, the AirPod orientation and knowing uh, which direction you're looking uh, when you're listening to sound and if you move your head out of that direction so you get a, a more natural environment of that. Spatial awareness is what they're calling that. Uh, so that's what that is. Uh, looking for airdrop and paying attention to people who are in the direction you're looking with airdrop as being the principal receivers instead of a room full of things. And then just unbelievably fast transfer between them 
and I think we're going to see more and more and more of these kind of applications showing up in the future. Now, on the downside of these, the manufacturers of different devices need to include in those devices the other side of this. And your iPhone, using the U1 chip, will actually talk to these other devices. So if you want a car that unlocks as you walk up to it, then the manufacturer of the car has to put that into the car. And there are locks, door locks, that recognize you're walking up to the door and unlock in anticipation, but that means the manufacturer of the lock included the wideband, ultra-wideband capability into the lock to make that happen. But I think it's, it's kind of interesting just to think about what in the world is this leading to when we uh, start uh, looking at, at the environment around us and having devices know where we are in relation to the device. Well, it sounds like it's going to be it's going to be very beneficial, but it's going to be up to the manufacturers to do the other end. Yeah, that's right. It has to be the other end, and and that's kind of the old case of uh, uh, who makes the change first. Is it the uh, do you put the different headlights in the car, or do you have to change the windshield? I remember <laughs> yeah. that argument we yeah. were talking about yeah. polarized windshields and yeah. lights uh, years absolutely. and years and years ago. Who makes the move first? That's funny. Well, we got big things looking ahead for us, and um, I think we'll. In there, unless you have anything else to add for today. It's uh, no, very I, interesting. I, I think that's it today, but I think this is something we need to keep our eye on, and Apple has is, is built a chip into its equipment and starting to take advantage of it. Um, and I, I think there are just uh, more and more and more of those things coming down the road in the future. Well, thank you, Chet, for all the information you provided today. And, uh, gang, it won't be long. We'll be back. We'll be back in September. One more month and our meetings will resume, so we're looking forward to seeing you all in person again. And with that, we will see you next episode. And this is Ticket Talking Mother for the biggest. That's a comma and a comma and a comma. Gotta get